sit back and relax and enjoy the show Watch me hit him with this one, two, knock out KO This time it's all or nothing, and I ain't playing around They tried to overlook me cause I wasn't in they in crowd Well I'm back at it, so you know it's going down And I'm all up in they face, so they gotta see me now With that raw what is up, everybody? Welcome to Five Star Fridays. I'm one of your amazing hosts, the mountainous Mr. Fish, everybody's favorite comic book artist, Uncle Fish, the fastest pencil in the West. We are bare bones tonight because all of the crew is gone to the big show in Ohio. Everybody's out showing comic books and making sales and cosplaying and all kinds of cool stuff. And we're sitting here. We're going to talk about Green Zone because that's my new book that's out at FSK right now, and we're killing it on Kickstarter. And my good friend, the amazing, the spectacular, the stupendous, the always effervescent Sarah from Unlikely Hero Studios is here with us. Good evening. Welcome to Five Star Fridays. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. I am... Um, uh... I'm I'm appreciating the hell out of that intro right now. That was a good that was a good intro. Oh yeah, Tony usually myself. gets to do it all, and you know, and I don't want to stumble over him, you know, with the uh, 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 so I let him usually take it, and you know, it's fun to get to do it myself too. Sometimes um, I am so glad you're here. Uh, Sarah has agreed to come on and ask lots of questions about Green Zone, and. Uh, help us let you guys know what's going on, let you know about the story. If you guys have any questions at all, feel free to jump in in the comments and let us know. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's watching. We appreciate everybody that's going to be watching and listening later on all the various Agents of Geekdom networks and platforms and podcasts, renewal places, all the places that you can get it. It is amazing how many places we are at now. It is just something. All right, let's Pretty see. Cool. Let's let's jump in and check out the Kickstarter right quick. Like we we hit the halfway point in like the first 12 hours. That was like super exciting for me. Uh we are at let me refresh just to make sure cuz sometimes my window doesn't want to show us. Okay. We are at 2545 with 63 backers right now. I'm willing to bet we can get that up to 69 backers or higher tonight if we try if people help us out i know we got some folks watching so if you've already backed it please give us another share let people see it um and if you haven't backed it what's wrong with you what's the matter come on get out there drop a little coin you can even get the digital level i get digital on just about everything except like spider squirrel because i love digital comics i read them all the time and you know, but Spider Squirrel is like up there with Super and um, The Surgeon. Like those are a handful of books that I want actual physical copies. I need to have and be able to flip through and look at over and over again. You know, I love but my physical copies, but gee, eventually you run out of space to keep them all. And those like, the nice thing. comic book boxes, they're so expensive. Oh, man. Ones. I've, I keep this, the water out. Mm. This table that is my desk now in my office is eight feet long. And the whole other side of it is full of short boxes. And like, I've got them marked, like I've got short boxes that are just full of like my friends comics from Kickstarter and stuff. I've got short boxes, of just indie comics. I've got, what's up, Javon. Good to see you, man. Glad hey, you could Javon? be here. I've, I've got like two short boxes of books that need to be read that I haven't read yet. And I've got a pile loading up by my chair in the living room that need to be read. Uh, so yeah, it takes up a lot of space. I have yeah, like, yeah, I, I've not got nearly the collection that you have. And already I'm like, I need to have a spot for just comics because I've been putting them with the rest of my, like my novels and stuff. And like, there's just, it's just a stack. It's a mess now. It's I, I gotta do something about it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I've got like, <laughs> 400 and something digital comics in my drive now that which is nice i've got it connected now so i can get to it from any of my devices wherever i am so i can take my tablet on vacation and read any of those books i want to which is when i get most of my reading done is when i'm on vacation it's 
Sounds about right. Let's see. Javon says he's got a huge stack of indie books in his office that he barely touched. I know how you feel, man. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Dan Barlow, yeah. what's up, man? Happy Friday, man. Good to have you here with us. Result of supporting too many Kickstarters. I feel you, no dude. No such I feel thing you. as supporting too many Kickstarters. No. And, well, I mean, only our wallets think so, really. And that's one of the things I've been thinking about is, like, I've got so many comics now, especially the indie comics, you know, from small press guys, that I'm starting to think about, like, bundling up some of them and giving them away when I go to shows. Like, I've been thinking about, like, getting a wheel or something to get people in, you know, be like, hey, who wants a chance to win free comics and come in and, like, you know, everybody that buys a sticker or something can roll the wheel and get a prize or everybody that comes up gets a prize and maybe it's a piece of candy, maybe it's a sticker, maybe it's an issue of Green Zone, maybe it's a pack of a couple indie comics that you haven't heard of yet and get some new eyes on it, you know? I think that'd be, and that, that would be super popular, especially the littler cons that I tend to go to. That would be very popular. You'd be the most popular table there if you did that. Um, and we just, I'm all like, about like, getting new eyes on stuff, you know, helping mm -hmm. anybody get new eyes on their project. I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, that would be, yeah, that's, I, I want, I, there's never enough space on your tables. Is there, I want to have a, 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 a I need like four tables at least at every con, but I just wish I could put everybody's, all my friends' books go on my table too and be oh, like, yeah. if you like our stuff, you're going to like this stuff too. I guarantee you will. I would I be just, so dead <laughs> at the end of that con because I would feel like I had to pitch everybody's book as hard as I pitch mine. And like, if you get some of my favorites on there, I'm going to pitch them hard. I would be so, my voice would be gone by the end of Friday afternoon. I would... I would have to take a tablet and be talking with a computer or something the whole rest of the time. <laughs> you know, that makes, that makes me think though, we should, uh, we should all get together and talk sometime about like giving away digital codes for previews of each other's books, because how cool would that be if we got our fans to look at other people's books? I know there's a lot of crossover with our fan bases, but it would be super cool to get everybody reading everybody's books. You know, I had an idea that, I think might have legs if you had the right group of creators working together. But I was thinking about um, doing like, it would probably be a fairly fat comic book, but if we all went in together, like if several creators went in together and we all did like, you know, the first six or eight pages of our first issue, you know, enough to like try and hook a reader as a little sample. And we put all those samples together into one book and it's like, you know, an indie comic showcase. And then, you know, like went the extra mile to get it printed in bulk at a cheap price. You know, like when you do offset web press printing on like newsprint, you can get the copies down to like 50 cents. You got to buy hundreds of them, but you can mm -hmm. get it down low. And if we all went in and invested, you know, a hundred bucks, let's say, in getting these things printed, we could have like giveaway priced comics that would showcase a whole bunch of our friends work and ours. And you could be like, Hey, who likes free comics? Come, you can get this one for free. And if you like what's here, I've got this book and this book and this book, and you can buy the stickers and the t-shirt and whatever else I'm selling. Yeah. That might but, not be a terrible idea. We'd have to it be, well, what, what do we all keep saying about, about hurting cats? <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be kind of tough, but it would be really cool if it, if it worked out. There have been a, uh, to Dan's question here, is there an online indie convention? I know there have been, particularly during COVID, and uh, some of them did pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking like an eight-page short story or your main book or like the first few pages. Like, I know I I was giving out the first like six pages of Green Zone on my first campaign, like just to get you to sign up for my email list and you could download it. And when you got to that sixth page, it had left a good little hook and it was enough to make you be like, oh man, what's going on? I got to know more. And, you know, that was really, it, it worked pretty well. People enjoyed it. Uh, Javon says he really wishes he was at GalaxyCon today. Man, you and me both, brother. You and me both. I, mean, I wish in, I was uh, there. It's in Ohio, right? It's not even yeah. that far from me. Like, well, I mean, it's kind of far from me, but I could drive it. It's not too far to drive. 
Yeah, I've, I've driven it, and it's a long way from my house, but I did it a couple of times. I, I'm going to have to Google now and see exactly how far it is. It's probably farther than I think. <laughs> oh, it was like 12 hours or something, I think, to get to Mike's place in Ohio. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where GalaxyCon is from there, but... Eight hours. It's a little farther than I thought, but not as bad as it could have been. No, not nearly. Not nearly. Let's see. Andrew says, can't wait for Green Zone to fund. The first person to add the chance to be drawn in. I'm excited for that because uh, I'm i excited this time that we just went ahead and made it an add-on that you can buy if you want to be drawn into the book. Um, and let's see here. I will show the campaign if it'll let me. And I will scroll down. And like I have specifically left in lots of little places where there are uh, substantial areas that I can draw you in and have you be decent sized and stuff. And, you know, for I think it's 50 bucks, you can buy the opportunity to get in the book. And there's like, you know, eight slots in the uh, both books to get added in. And it's it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Andrew's character ended up becoming a really amazing character and i've got all kinds of ideas for him now uh after i had to stick him in there and i was so excited when i when i did andrews because i added him in the lineup where all the characters are lined up in the first issue when they first get off the bus at the police station and um and i put him in there and then when i got done looking at it, i was like that's kind of small and then I realized the guy I replaced him with showed up later in in the offices. And I was like, well, this guy can't just show up out of nowhere. So I got to stick Andrew in again and leave it as a surprise for him to stumble across. And he's like, dude, am I in here twice? And I was like, yes, you saw it. Cool. Um, one thing I do want to do is show this video again, because I'm really proud of the way this video came out. And Yes, and I haven't seen it yet. Oh, and the voice actor. We'll talk about it on the other side of it, but man, he just nailed this. So let's watch this for a moment. Oh my God. I love that ending so much. Uh, and that was honestly, that was like on the beginning of his uh, voiceover stuff as he was practicing the voice. And it was so funny. I had to put it in there, but like, quiet I just definitely have to watch it again. I just found again. him on TikTok. Like I, I asked people who would be interested in trying to do a Virgil voice and a whole bunch of friends and strangers and all kinds of people uh, got on and tried out for it. And I would never have even imagined that voice. Like that was not what I was picturing. I was picturing more of like grumbly alligator. But when I heard that, I was like, Oh, forget about it. This, this is absolutely 100%. This is Virgil's voice. And he just nailed it. Just nailed it. Uh, let's see. 
one of the comments here said Nicole says Mike's speaking tonight on five panels. On five panels, Jesus. That in one night. Oh Talk man. about having no voice after the weekend. Holy yeah, shit. that is that is a lot. I woo. And he's going to be doing the hype line and stuff from what I understand. And oh man, he, he does a good job on that, man. He's going, 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 going the whole time. That was something that I missed, <laughs> man. I missed the whole like carnival Barker aspect of being at the cons and stuff and, you know, interacting with everybody. That's where I have a lot of fun. Oh, we got a special guest joining us in from across the nation, somebody who likes to come in and stir it up on the show from time to time, <laughs> likes to come in with his hot takes and whatnot. It's your man, Javon Stokes. What is up, man? You know, I was just <laughs> on, on a Stoke podcast yesterday. Uh, Malachi Bailey was like, oh, man, you know, he, he was saying how much I love to argue. And I was like, I don't know how I like this this reputation. But I'll tell you, he's like, nope, but you got to own it. So I, I own it. I owned it years ago. Like I enjoy arguing. Like I have fun arguing as long as we both know that we're just arguing about the point and trying to figure out, you know, where we stand on it. It's when the other side doesn't know that I'm just trying to make sure where you stand that, that sometimes people get mad and get their feelings hurt. Um, we yeah, got somebody I don't really like arguing. I, I like debating. No, no, seriously. Like I like debating. Like arguing to me implies like we're. I agree with you. Like it does that. It, yeah. it has that that flavor of you know this is this is and an personal, angry thing. Like oh, I'm angry at you, and I'm like I, yeah. I, I, if if we're at that point, that I'm like all right, I'm I'm, I'm out. All right, hold on. We got we've got the man on the street here. Tony Clapper coming in live from GalaxyCon. What is up, man? I'm jealous. How's it going here? Uh, Tony Clapper here live at GalaxyCon. We're uh, experiencing a lot of con action here on the floor. It's very good here. Good uh, traffic coming in and out. Uh, the weather's a little shaky, a little cold down here. We're going to be okay. How is the Five Star Friday's been? The Five Star Friday looks a little different right now. Just a hair. Just a hair. Who is that on the shop? <laughs> we got your man Javon on here. We've got Sarah from Unlikely Hero Studios. We're still mixing it up. We're missing a little Tony Clapper action, but you know, we're hey, we got you, fat man. We got you, lady. We got you, you know, brother of color here to bring the you know, the whole scene on. We're hitting most of the demographics, man. What can I tell you? We, we have accurate replacements. Hey, listen, we're going. We're gone for just a little while, and you already replaced us, fish. We see how it is. Look at Ryan. Hey. Look at Ryan's table. Oh man, I've been seeing pictures of Ryan's table. Man, it is it is looking nice. Yeah, I oh, saw nice. a practice setup picture on Facebook, and I was yeah, makes me feel uh, like I need to step up my game with my con tables. Look at them green zones, man. Ooh, nice. I'm not jealous at all of you guys. No, I'm not jealous. What's up, guys? Good to see you. What up, Fee? You know? Good to see you, Uncle. Good to see y'all, Fish. It's, okay, it's good to see you, too, man. I miss you. All right, y'all. It's really hard to hear y'all. I don't know if y'all can hear us, but we're going to do our thing out here in three days. Most of the Five Star Friday crew is here. And we just want to say, if you have not backed Green Zone yet, what the hell are you waiting for? What are you doing? That's what I'm saying. Do it now. If you have backed it, go share it again. Share it everywhere. I'm going to take fit. Share it to your mama's page. Share it to your grandma's page. Share it to your little cousin's page. Share it everywhere. Share, share, share. Sharing is caring. And uh, we're going to do our thing out here, and we will catch you all later, okay? Thanks, Tony. It. It's good seeing y'all. Y'all have fun. I know y'all are going to kill it out there. Oh, man. Yeah, I ain't jealous, Javon. I, I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm sitting here drawing comics all day, and, you know, prepping for grandma's visit this weekend. No, I don't want to be out there having fun at the con. Now, I was this close to being there. Um, uh, what happened was, and I can tell the full story now because it, it'll suck as I as I tell it. Um, I, I reserved my hotel. Um, I was actually 
in Ohio last weekend. So, but it for a family reunion. But I would have stayed, but I had my son and I didn't want him to stay with me the entire week just to sit mm-hmm. and basically be babysat by somebody else to do the con. Um, but I was going to like, all right, well, I'll fly back home and then I'll just fly back. And I had found a ticket for like $89 round trip. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have a table yet and I don't have the money for a table. So I was one of those where I was like, God, if you want me to do this, just let me know. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I should have done is I should have bought the ticket with the ability to refund, right? Just in case if I couldn't do it. Because then I got a a call from uh, a a friend of mine reached out and was like, oh, you want to go to this con? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, uh, you know, I can't really get the table right now. And they were like, I'll pay for half of the table. That's a good friend right there. Right. And so I was like, okay. But then I started looking at my resource and then I I don't have enough books. So every turn I was, it was like, nope, 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 nope. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's one thing I took from you in one of our last conversations. From now on, I'm keeping tight records of what I sell so that like, I know what I need to expect to have on hand and what I need, you know, make sure I've got this much ahead of time before I go. Cause like I've gotten to big shows where people are spending money and ran out of books and that stinks because you're just watching, watching money walk by and all these people like, Oh yeah, how much? And I'm like, uh, well, actually I'm out, but I'm still going to pitch my book because I want you interested and I want you paying attention when the next Kickstarter comes around, like it is right now. If you go to fskgo.com, you can check it out. Um, and I'm still where, pitching, but man. Um, I've, I've done a thing where uh, if I'm out of books, I will offer them to, uh, to buy and then, and then I'll just I'll be like on the phone like, hey, Lori, can you send a book to this address? And we've done that before. Yeah, I've done that. See, you've got a lorry in your back pocket that you could pull on to do that. Yeah, but which... I, I don't. I don't do that. But what I do do is, if somebody sees something that they like, like I, I have like a, a display book, right? Which is really just my copy of, mm-hmm. of my books, and I'd leave it out there. And generally, like if I run out, I don't sell the display copy, but sometimes I do. Um, but you know most people they'll read through it and they'll be like well you know this hasn't happened in a while um but they'll be like yeah can i you know how can i get this i'm like listen if you buy it now as soon as i get home and you know i'll send it to you um and that that's work but like you said once i realized the average amount of books that i was selling per con i was able to accurately bring enough books that i didn't run out or i like did just enough Mm-hmm. you know once i and i have it down to pretty you know pretty it's pretty accurate <laughs> like it's pretty i am definitely accurate. taking that man that is a bit of advice that i i appreciate and have filed away and i'm going to be using because you know like i said i've been there where i've carried tons of books with me that i didn't need to drag out there and then i've been where i've you know ran out of books and been at places where I did really good and just broke even with what I needed and made lots of money and everything in between. And I have no idea what had any impact on that, how many I sold. Cause I didn't keep good numbers. Right. Of that. And so I'm going to start doing that. Absolutely. I have it broken down by like types of cons too, like three day. Yeah, cons, that's one thing I was thinking and one day events. So if I go to a one day event, I know how many books I need to bring. If I can go to a three day con, I know how many books I need to bring in two day con. Yeah, I think that's good info. Sarah, you said you've got some questions for Green Zone. Let's let's talk about it. I'm here I to do. answer questions and fill I, people I, in. I have a, a list that I've been curating for a little while of just like fun questions, not hard questions. <laughs> So, because you know, you everybody right. I can make any like question the, uh, hard when I overthink it. They like to ask you the questions about, you know, what was your inspiration? And you've answered them a hundred times, and all people have to, if they've watched your show before, they already heard the answer. 
So um, my first question, and we're talking specifically about Green Zone now because because Green Zone just launched. So uh, who is the favorite? Who is your favorite character that you wrote in Green Zone? Oh my God! Oh man! Oh, that is complicated because like they're all my babies and even like there are characters that I just made up on the page. Like when I realized, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have a training officer for this character. Okay. Here's somebody that, you know, just somebody that I stuck in for no reason before I got to the end of the first book had this interesting backstory and was this whole complex character and now is like one of the main moving points of the plot through the rest of the series. So even the throwaway characters, I can't just like let go of and not build something for, but <sighs> Danny Kim is one of my favorites. He is uh, Virgil's training officer. The big lizard guy has the skinny little Korean kid as his training officer. And he's a, <sighs> He's a beautifully simple and complex character to me. Like, um, he's really funny. He's had everything handed to him. Like, he's a genome, but he's, you know, he just looks like a Korean kid. He doesn't look like a monster. He's not covered in fur or spikes or spots. or He's just a dude. He could walk out of the green zone and nobody bats an eye. And he has grown up privileged. His dad, you know looks human just like him his dad has is a career police officer and believes that he can break the genetic ceiling and if he works hard enough and you know works twice as hard as the humans he'll get that promotion and be treated just like everybody else and you know he fully believes this and so danny's always knew he was going to be a cop knows this job's handed to him knows he can pretty much do anything and his dad's the boss and he's not going to get fired so he really kind of doesn't take anything seriously he's had a much easier life than most of the other characters in the book so like he's one of those people that doesn't even realize how privileged his life has been compared to everybody else and will say like blatantly stupid things to Virgil sometimes. And he's like, you know, Oh man, we're both genomes. I get how it is. I got you blood. You know, he, he does not know crap. You know, he, he doesn't even know that he doesn't know crap and you know, he's funny and he's kind of complex and he's deep and his character arc has all kinds of amazing places that it's headed. And uh, I love him. He's a lot of fun and he's just, always got this hey how are you kind of grin and you know he's always hitting on the ladies and just you know and he's he's not you know he's not like handsome i made him just a little bit goofy looking he's got a weak chin and his ears kind of stick out and he's you know, like like handsome adjacent you know he's not a bad looking dude but he usually wins you over with a sense of humor and you know he's that kind of guy's like how does he score these women you know but he just He's just got that little bit of swagger to him. I just, I love him. He's so much fun. Well, the second part of that question was why is that your favorite character? But I think you covered it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, so second question then will be, who's your favorite character to draw? Oh, man. <sighs> Waters is probably one of my favorite characters to draw. I love Virgil he's complex and he's a challenge every time and he's a challenge to fit into scenes because he's eight feet tall and some of the other characters are like four foot six so like you know just fitting them in scenes and having them you know talk to each other is difficult but waters i love because she's short she's a little heavy she's beautiful she's angry she's serious like she takes her job very seriously um but like it's also important to me that she also be a beautiful curvy woman and not just, Oh, she's just the fat chick in the back. No, she's a beautiful woman. And I love drawing her and I love the emotions and stuff. And like, you know, she's got real serious stakes in this where Danny doesn't take anything seriously. She's almost at her five years. And we're going to find out later on in the series. This isn't her first time. Like, this is her third go around trying to get to five years. And so this is like life and death to her. She wants out of the green zone. She wants to get a little house, keep her head down, live on the money she saved and just have a better life. 
and she's not going to let anything get in her way. And she comes off really mean in the first book, but as it goes on, you see just how caring she is, just how loving, like even in the first book, when she comes off so mean and she really just wants to get to five years, she nearly gets killed in the first book for doing her job and doing it seriously and not, not just half-assing it like other people do in the book. And, you know, she takes this stuff seriously. Oh, I love her. She's, I love her. Great character. A lot of fun to draw. <laughs> I can see why you say it's hard to pick a favorite character. Oh, man. You got a lot of backstory for, for both of the characters you've talked about so far. And in a way, they're all me. You know, it's like one aspect of my personality taken to an extreme. You know, Virgil is what it's like being so much bigger than everybody else and people being afraid of you for no reason when, like, you're honestly a really sweet guy, but you come off as very scary. Uh, you know, Bellamy is this five foot tall girl covered in porcupine quills, but, you know, she is all of my sensory issues and all of my anxiety and my feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, my threats. And, you know, and worrying about hurting the people around you, because if I step on your toe, something's getting broken. And, you know, like, I can't just accidentally bump into people and not leave a mark. So I'm overconscious about that. And, you know, all of that stuff gets put into her. And they're all me in one way or another. <laughs> Great questions. I love hearing your passion about your book. I just listen. Oh, man. Yeah, I love same, it. same. Um, so next question is, who are you sick of drawing? Who are you just over it? Anybody? Kind of a little bit, Virgil, just a little bit, like, because he's, he's complex, like, I sense. love the challenge of drawing him from all these different angles. Cause like with the geometry of his head and all the spikes coming off of his head, it's a real challenge to get that from every possible angle. And you know, because I'm trying to keep him very close to the horned lizards that I based him off of, like, I'm trying to really limit how much like facial expression he has, because, you know, I don't want it to just be a total cartoon where he's all, <laughs> you know, because like a lizard can't do that with his face. And so trying to get emotion out of eyes when I can only really move like the bottom and lower eyelid and like he doesn't really have eyebrows that I can work with and I can't really I have to turn his whole head to make his mouth smile or you know frown like it's a challenge I kind of wish I'd made him just a little bit easier to do because this book would go a lot faster I was going to ask if you could read if you could redesign him would you redesign would you redesign him I would but honestly I probably would have made him more complicated I just, I can't help but do it. To You're myself. missing the point on how to deal with this fish. I know. You're in control. That's like, I know what's the right answer to make my life easier, but I know what I would do. I would make him more complicated with more spikes and more scales and more inhuman looking. One of the variant covers that we got done by Drew Moss, and you can check it out on the Kickstarter, fskgo.com. Uh, he like straight up studied horny toads and you know because like i told him where i got the look from i used to love playing with horny toads when i was a kid in oklahoma and so i totally like based virgil off of this and so he studied these animals and came up with this like alien mutant looking thing that's got like the real anatomy of a horny toad much closer than i got with my like cartooned version of it and it's so inhuman looking and I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite characters and it looks nothing like my Virgil and I love it. It's so cool to see just how different it is. And I probably would have done that and made my life a hundred times harder. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I've, I guess, you know, for my characters, I've been simplifying them a lot more. Because, you know, I'm just, you know, you only have, I only have so much time like you, mm -hmm. you know, me and you are on the same boat. We do the art, the, you do Everything. the coloring too, right? On book two and half of book three, I hired a colorist, but okay. normally I do. I was trying to speed up the process and Nick did an amazing job, but honestly, halfway through book three, I realized, oh, my funds are getting tight and I'm running out of time and don't have enough time to make enough money to hire him to do this in time for the Kickstarter. So I had to take it over and finish it up myself and blend into his, but yeah, I normally do it all. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I've been simplifying like everything, 
like even with the first you know my first um the, with the graphic novel i did um the black flame like i was trying to do grandiose right all mm -hmm. these you know cityscapes and and everything like that and i've learned you know i'm kind of learning to kind of simplify things like even costume characters like i kind of bring them down like more and more and more um but and i probably wouldn't do that if i if i if i had a colorist i probably would be doing more so i kind of understand where you're coming from like the more you take off the plate the more you want to put back on your plate like artistically i am simplifying a lot of things too like i wanted to do flat colors in the beginning but once i started and i was doing it myself and i was rushing you know to get through quickly because i was I had finished because I started hiring a flatter. I finished one book in 12 days and I'd planned for like a month and a half to do this book. I got it knocked out in 12 days and a couple of weeks. And I was like, Oh, I've got like a month that I don't have any work booked and I'm paid. I need to knock out something of my own real quick. And my wife was like, yeah, you need to do one of your books. So I wrote illustrated and knocked out green zone, like in that time. And because I was hurrying, trying to get it done quickly in the time that I had, I fell into my old standard habits and added lots of highlights and shadows and like blown out lights from above because they're in an office with, you know, fluorescent lights and stuff. And I added all these effects that I didn't really want to put in, but I just kind of got into, you know, autopilot and put them in anyway. And so one of the things I really wanted when Nick took over is like, I want to go back to flat colors. I want to limit the palette and I've let my art get sketchier and quicker and not be quite so tight with everything because I want it to have a more dramatic sketchy feel to it because this is a gritty cop drama and not like super clean high, you know, sci-fi in the future in this perfect utopian world. This is gritty. This is, you know, in the ghettos this is tough stuff i wanted it to have a grittier feel and so i'm that's helping me a lot in speeding up a lot of things but man i used to spend so much time on backgrounds and i would spend all day on a cityscape and be so proud of it and then i realized people are like you know oh that's cool and then go on nobody is ever going to spend as much time studying that cityscape as i spent working on that cityscape so I didn't like start phoning it in, but I definitely started simplifying things and realized every brick doesn't have to have a cross texture on it. And every, every corner doesn't have to have like art deco, you know, little details in it. And the more I simplified it, the more I really enjoy my backgrounds now. And it's like, boom, these are buildings and you can tell each one from the other and you can recognize this building when you see it again. And they're, simpler and quicker and i love it you know it, it's it's fun i'm i don't mean i don't want to interrupt sarah i'm sorry um but i love talking to artists about this stuff um i i am well, with the you. point of the questions right we mm -hmm. want to talk right. more about it so that's yeah perfect. like when it comes to like backgrounds almost sometimes when i construct a page like in my mind i'm like i just need two panels with backgrounds with significant background right mm -hmm because I just need the audience to know where they are. But I like to do a lot of close-ups. So I'm like, you get one or two panels to show kind of where you are, and then the rest I'll like focus in and you know, focus more on the acting of the characters. So mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I that's totally the nice thing it. about it. Like if you do one nice establishing shot and you show this mm -hmm. office mm -hmm. and you show his desk chair and the plaques on the wall behind him and the bookcase and the plant and the window, then you only have to show like one of those things every so often in the background for people to know, Oh, this is where we're looking. This is, we're still in the same room yeah. because that's yeah. the plant and that's the diploma on the wall. And you know, you don't have to draw that room in three point perspective every single time. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're making me think about Miss um, Medusa's backgrounds. They're just, I don't know. Uh, as an oh. artist, I assume that you pay more attention to them than the average reader. But oh yes, I even, do. Even still, it's like you. Why do you spend so much of your life on these backgrounds? They're amazing, but nobody looks at them like you do. And <laughs> I, I, oh god, I do it sometimes too. Like I will make like super complicated stuff because I like throwing all the little details in there, mm -hmm. especially when it's grungy and you've got like old fast food wrappers and 
cups and beer bottles and stuff laying all over the place. And then my OCD self is like, okay, now that we've rotated the camera 180 degrees, which side were the cigarettes on in the ashtray and the bottle should be going this way now. And how many cups were there on the floor? And, oh, you know, it's funny. One of my favorite artists is George Perez. Um, though for most people that know me, George is, he, he was King. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm so happy I got to meet him. Um, and, and, uh, so he, if you know, George Perez, his, his work is insane. Like when it comes to backgrounds, um, and that there was a while when I was trying to be George. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I realized like, I'm not George, but I talked to another artist and they were like, look, it's about the story first and foremost, like elaborate, you know, backgrounds and stuff. And there are some artists that just like thrive on that. And that's great. But like, can your reader tell what's going on? Like Mm -hmm. give them the amount of information they need to further the story along. And then once I started to do that, I was like, pages started flowing a bit faster. That changed my artwork, that changed my inking, that changed my coloring, Mm -hmm. that changed my backgrounds, is everything is in service of pushing the story forward. And if it's not, then I'm not putting it in there and I'm not wasting time on it. And, you know, people wonder how I'm so fast, but like a lot of artists from my generation that came of age in the 90s are busy cross-hatching every square inch of the page, you know, in great detail. I don't do that because that cross-hatching isn't pushing my story forward. You know, right. one line for either side of the leg of this guy's pants. And you know, that's a leg. I don't have to spend an hour cross-hatching yeah. it for you to know that it's the pants of his suit, you know, and I go on to the next page and do the next one and the next one. And it saves me a lot of time, but learning that, like, it's about making it clear, making sure anybody can look at it and know what's going on. And a lot of times with all my over-rendering with the cross-hatching, I was muddying things up and it was hard to tell what was going on if you weren't a comics enthusiast and you knew this secret language of cross-hatching to know what I was doing. It wasn't clear to everybody. And now you can look at my pages and be like, oh yeah, absolutely. This is a cop. You know, he might look like a lizard, but that's clearly a cop in a cop uniform. And I don't have to, you know, go nuts with it. Right. So, um, next question I got for you is, is there a, is there a color that you love that you wish you could shoehorn in that just isn't going to work for green zone? Because you have a definite color scheme going on there. Yeah. Definite oh, it's palette. definitely got a color scheme going. I, just I wish realized, you could just get some like magenta in there somewhere. I don't something. get to use like a lot of red very often, you know, and some of there are a couple of characters that are going to show up later on down the road that you know have more red in them and stuff but most of the characters are either you know very earthy tones or kind of unnatural tones like you know blues and greens and purples and then with the uniforms being blue and everybody having to be marked with a green stripe uh to mark that they're genomes because you can't have them walking around and we don't know because some of them you wouldn't be able to tell we just can't have that and so with all that stuff that i have to put in to make those things work right i don't get to use as much red as i wish i did that's actually an interesting question i never mentioned that to anybody else i mean that's yeah, a, that, that, a- i've never really thought of that yeah every time i every time i think of something weird like i'll be falling asleep at night and i'll be like I wonder why we don't have this color in like it's always the surgeon because the surgeon has our very uh you know much earthy tones and not mm-hmm. a lot of uh non-natural stuff because of the nature of the of the story and yeah so i'm like i wonder why we don't have anything that's pink in there there's got to be something that's pink left right <clears throat> and so then i was like oh that's a good question i should write that down and Sometimes uh, I'll write it down as I'm falling asleep, and then the next day I'll be like, I don't understand what this question is at all. What what did I mean when I said I put that there? And when you have a book like The Surgeon, like, and you're talking like after the fall of man for a long time, like it comes down to like, would they be able to get indigo dye anymore? Because that's a really complex process to get. Like, that's really hard. And, you know, if somebody didn't really know the science behind that beforehand, you know, and didn't 
die of dysentery along the way, like you may never have that color again. And, and that's one of the things like when I'm drawing the folks like that live in the blocks, they're all wearing like used hand me down, you know, goodwill, dirty worn clothes and stuff. So there's not like a lot of super, super saturated colors there's not a bunch of like crisp black t-shirts with bright colored prints and no there ain't none of that stuff this is all you know rough and worn and desaturated and grayed out and you know yeah absolutely but there's a reason for it like there isn't a surgeon yes exactly if you were just gonna throw i mean if you tried to figure a way to shoehorn red into some pages it would probably look very weird to you and mm -hmm. and possibly everybody reading it because it doesn't belong there mm -hmm. so, um excuse me that was stuck up on me i it's wasn't friday. expecting it's that friday it's friday um, it's friday it's so, nap time so next question is concerning like the whole story arc here mm -hmm. and obviously we're not gonna i'm not asking you to spoil but do you know how your story ends do you know how uh, a green zone or at least this if uh, depending on how many issues you plan to do how many arcs you plan to do do you know how to how much uh do you know when what happens at the end of this arc or at the end of the whole story have you have you gotten it fleshed out that far besides like main points i guess ideally green zone doesn't end not just because i want a job forever but like sorry brad it's, it's a world <laughs> So, uh, it's, you know, not really, it doesn't really have an end. It's not just following one character, you know, like if it was just following Virgil, I know how his story ends. I know whether he retires or dies or, you know, whatever. I know that stuff about him, but it's not as much as people want to focus on Virgil. Cause he gets a lot of attention for being an awesome looking character it's not just his story. It's about the whole world. And, you know, I'm really hoping that everybody gets just as invested in, you know, Danny Kim's story and Bellamy's story and Brooks story and his lazy training officer Boggs that would sleeps through his whole shift in the first book. And, you know, as long as he writes a couple of tickets, he knows he's good and ain't going to get fired. Uh, I hope you get as invested in all of them and the sergeant and his life and, you know, his romantic things that go on down. Like, I hope you care about all these characters and ideally like that wouldn't end, but I was thinking through a character that I have decided to take from one of my old stories and incorporate in this world. And when I started thinking through her and her power set and how that would work and the way the world is, I was like, you know, she could end the whole world real easy. And that might be what happens. I mean, like if it gets to the point, I'm like, okay, this is going to be over. At least I know I've got that one character that could take the whole world out if she needs to. So that's something to think about as you read. You the part where heat flies in and saves the day and just takes <laughs> care of everything. I was oh, trying oh, not to give bad. away the crossover because no of so spoilers. Sorry. My bad. That's not that book. I mean, you just never know, right? That is a good question. I, I would love to happen. do. I would love to do a crossover with Fish. It'd be the fastest crossover book I've ever put out. It'd be the fastest <laughs> book I ever put out because I would be like, "Fish, you draw it. Um, <laughs> I'll color it, but you draw it." I tell you, I'm I'm really interested in after you know, after I get the story arc a little bit further down the road, and you know, get all the characters and, and things that are going on in the background established. I seriously would like to open it up to some of our friends and be like, you know, Hey, you want to write a story for this? Cause I've known a lot of our friends that have read the book that just start making up stories for it, making up characters and things. And, you know, I think it would be fun to see what other people do with it. Like I've, I've had so much fun seeing what people do with the characters, just drawing variant covers and stuff and seeing the way they imagine the characters and, you know, Mike seeing them as, you know, all sexy women where I'm seeing, you know, like insecure Bellamy uncomfortable in her own skin. And he's got her rocking these evening dresses and stuff. Like I love seeing what other people have done with it. So 
who knows? I've got several storylines I would like to hand off to other artists and be like, here, you can illustrate this one. I'll write it. And, you know, because there's a lot of it. Like, I would like to follow a military team in this world. I'd like to follow a fire department in this world. And, you know, I've even got one for like an AA type group of, you know, survivors support group of all the superhuman stuff that goes on in this world and you know follow that group around and all kinds of stuff nice that actually dovetails in really nicely with another question that i have here and i think we have time for one more question here uh maybe two um you as you've been developing the story have have uh, what has popped into your head uh, in regards to like potential spin-off titles that you might want to make in the future. Oh, that's, that's a thing. Like as soon as I thought through the world and in the very beginning and thought through like, okay, if you have to serve the greater good to prove that you're not a threat for five years, what would that be? And like how many different avenues are there that you could do that in? And the first ones that came to mind were, you know, like, the military and the fire department and the police force. And I wanted to follow these cops around and see what that's like. And, but the fire department would be really interesting to follow. And people look at firemen completely differently than they look at uh, police officers, you know, and they're both coming in on your worst day, but you know, nobody's gonna like refuse to talk to a, to a fireman that's coming in to like save your kid. You know, nobody's, nobody's going to be like, nah, we don't, we don't deal with your kind. You're going to welcome them in. Yes. Come into my house, put the fire out, save my baby, get the dog. If you can, you know, like it's a completely different thing. And I think the camaraderie and stuff would be very different. I think the camaraderie would be very different in the military, you know, when your life is on the line all the time and the government looks at you as disposable weapons to throw at a bag at a, you know, an enemy state, like, I think you would have a very different camaraderie there. Um, there are also a lot of other groups of people in this world. Like, this is this is like a version of other comic book worlds where, like, we have aliens and stuff that live on this planet. Uh, there is a there is a global agency alpha that we get to see some of in book three that uh, deals with those superpower people that go pro and become like heroes you work for alpha they send you around the globe you know to different missions put you on different teams and stuff i'd like to follow one of those teams around but then there's all kinds of things in that and like the fact that you can come from another planet and be a hundred foot tall insect monster and get on the evening news and evening talk shows and stuff and become a worldwide star because you're working from alpha and come from another planet. But if you come from the green zone on the other side of town, nobody wants anything to do with you and your garbage. And you know, the animosity that gets built up around there, uh, there's all kinds of things happening in this world already. Like there's nothing that happens to me in life. Nothing that I watching a movie or a TV show that I don't get inspired to another storyline of like, if this happened in green zone and that happened to Bellamy, like just watching the evening news and, you know, hearing about, you know, things that the police have done and stuff like that would be completely different if that was Virgil in that can spot, or if that was little waters or, you know, Bellamy covered in razor sharp quills. And then that spurs me onto a whole nother idea and a whole nother thing. And God, I've got stories to go for, hundred years <laughs> what you're saying is you do yeah so yeah i the the idea of spinoffs is actually a, a really fun concept for me and it i kind of want to ask everybody with the title what they would do uh for a spinoff uh because it, it'd be easy to do like a one-off story about a lesser character a, a, a supporting character 
but to do a whole series about it would be mm-hmm. a completely different ball of wax. Oh, I want to do a short series or maybe just a, a graphic novel. I've got a story that is funny and exciting and interesting that just follows a mom and a stepdad that go on this wild adventure and like they get kidnapped by criminals on the road and like them and their kids have to go on this wild adventure through the underground of green zone and all these criminal hangouts and stuff. And like, you find out that the stepdad, the big goofy stepdad with the pot belly isn't as innocent as he looks. And like, he's got a past and, you know, all of his stories about all these people, like it turns out fluffy from all his high school stories is a real dude. He's just an eight foot tall biker, you know, and all kinds of stuff. Oh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be good. But like, it's not right for my style. Like I see it in much more of like a Steven universe type style, like, you know, funny and just light and enjoyable and goofy and good time, you know, but I'm not the artist for that. I want to write it, but I'm not the artist. I, I kind of want to see that now, now that you've, uh, Oh yes, now absolutely. That you've described it. I kind of want to see the, the whole thing. And now that you said Steven universe style, I'm like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to see that. <laughs> you need to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's tough when you have like all these ideas as a creator you want to kind of put out um and you want to get them out there. Mm-hmm. Um I've said this before like you know that that's where strong came from. Strong was an idea that I had and I was like okay, I want to do this and I'm kind of tired of doing heat. So let me do this and then it actually kind of gave me a chance to take a break and now I'm like stronger than ever on heat that didn't that was not on purpose um but you know like i now but i want to do more strong so now i have to find people to do it like you know fish said about finding an artist like i'm i'm personally looking for a black female artist to do strong to do you know and it's so hard to find them it's Mm. so difficult to find them i should say um but like oh yeah Strong is my spinoff. It's been, you know, it it has a connection to Heat, but I tried not to make it so overt. Well, not so, it's it's overt, but I didn't want to like. You have to read this to know what this is, you know. Mm-hmm. So I understand how you or feel. Or B, she's only a character that you want to see because of this book. Like she right. needs to stand on her own and be oh, her yeah. own yeah. thing. And yeah, but Absolutely. I have another. I have another idea that I might do myself. I'll just do it in i'll do it in and around heat but i wanted to do like a horror book mm-hmm. um and it'll be done in a different style like if you see my book it's very cartoony but i can tone the cartoony down and go a little more realistic and so I, i'm gonna do that um at some point the hope is to have it out next year oh yeah i've got horror stories planned and all kinds of stuff coming down the line um you know, there's all kinds of different characters in this world and there are serial killers and there are human traffickers and there's, you know, all kinds of stuff. And those things all take on much different connotations when, you know, anybody in the world could have superpowers and, you know, Oh, it's good. Oh, I want I want to tell all kinds of stuff. Cause there's, there are some characters that give me nightmares and like, there's one character that's going to be showing up later on in the book that like when I created this dude years ago, I had so many nightmares about this guy. Like I could not close my eyes in the shower. I couldn't turn my back on the door of the shower because I was scared when I turned around, he was going to be there because this dude scared me so bad. And he's a serial killer and he is going to show up in green zone down the road and it is going to be good. Like, Oh, Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it sounds very unsettling. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? I don't want to ask you any more questions. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I honestly don't. Um, I would pull the Kickstarter back up, but, but also like I'm sitting here going, okay, that freaked me right the hell out. But I'm you kind of want to know, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah like I want to see what happens. Oh, I told man. I was telling Fish before we uh, before we went live. Like I still haven't actually gotten my copy of Green Zone One because of a screw up. Copy of Green Zone One. <laughs> I, 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 can't I got remember. um 
we yeah it was just a mix up with Lori and me and and it, my copy ended up going to her and I think it's on its way now because she had a bunch of stuff she's uh, sending me now and I was like just it's fine just throw it in the next big box because she's always sending me uh, more books or you know more of something to send uh, to uh, sell at cons and so uh, yeah so I was like just next next one just throw it in the top of that one and, and I'll get it and. <clears throat> I kind of think that it's been like two or three months now, though, since since they got sent out, and and I'm like, yeah, okay, so they're launching Green Zone, okay, and I uh, still haven't read one yet. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna back this one, but oh, know, I wish I'd known. I'd have sent you one of my copies, or heck, shot you the digital copy if nothing else, so you could at least read it until you're waiting on yours to get there. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm so excited. I'm really anxious. I, I'm so excited that so many people came so quickly and so early to back it. Cause I was a little bit worried with it being in December. Some people have done great numbers in December and, but my kid's birthday is on Christmas day. And all I can think of is the last 19 years of never being able to get anybody to come to a birthday party in December at all <laughs> because they ain't got money. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to be tough. And hitting the halfway point in the first 12 hours really reassured me, helped ease some of my anxiety. So thank you to everybody that backed it. Thank you to everybody that shared it. Thank you to everybody who's going to share it again, because we need the help getting the word out there. Um, every single share means the world to me, seriously does. I am so grateful for that because it gets it in front of more eyes. We've gotten one more backer on this show. And we are at $2,555 right now, 64 backers, 15 days to go. So this isn't a long one. So you can't wait till after Christmas to back it because it's going to be long done since then. So get out there and back it and share, 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 like Tony said. Uh, any other closing words you guys got before we run a commercial and head for the hills? <laughs> Go get I am, I'm excited. I'm excited, and I, I, I can't wait to see Green Zone uh, fund. And I, and you know, back all of Fish's stuff, back all of our stuff. We don't have anything running right now. So we're, uh, we're taking, we took November and December off because of Sundering. So we're going to get the mm -hmm. Sundering out because that thing is a monster. Oh, yeah. And, and then we'll be back for, with more. And, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait till your your uh, Kickstarter funds and I gotta put my my back in there yet. I didn't put my camp my uh, I didn't put anything in there yet. But I'm gonna the thing that's gonna happen. <laughs> I kind of uh, I kind I, I see things and I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta do that. And then I'm like, uh, you know, see it again. Oh yeah, I gotta do that. And oh. then a couple of times it's been like, oh shit, I missed it because I just kept going. My oh, yeah, ADD brain's so bad about that. <laughs> Oh man, like oh yeah, I need to do that. And then I remember three months later, oh yeah, I need no, that's long gone. No, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna show something before I leave. Woo! This is the cover for Heat Number Two. Oh man! Oh nice. This is the pencils, uh, blue line and pencils and inks actually. Very good smart. deal. I did. I actually did two variant covers on one on each one of these books and i did them traditionally just so i would have physical art that i could put on the kickstarter as a one-off add-on that if somebody wants to get it they can get it and you know have the actual physical art sent to them uh just to see just to see how it does it, i need a variant from fish if you knew how many times i tried zooming in on that page <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh yeah, that was rough. But, I mean, I enjoyed it, and it was fun. But uh, we'll see. If they sell, I'll do more. If they sell, I might start inking the whole thing by hand because I kind of miss it. But, you know, anyway. All right. Even thank you, everybody. It's so much faster. <laughs> thank you, everybody that tuned in. Thank you for everybody that's backed and shared Green Zone. Thank you to Tony and Ryan and Fee for jumping in from the show and the con floor and letting us know what's going on there. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Javon, for jumping on at the last minute anytime, and helping out. Anytime. Thank you for your great questions. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your support. And we're going to run a commercial before we get out of here. Uh, be sure to tune in in the morning. I think it's 10 a.m. for the Four Tales podcast. I don't miss it a single week. I get up every morning and 
watch it because nobody else in the house is up yet while I'm watching it. So I'm always up. So Perfect tune time. in tomorrow and watch that, and we'll see you guys next Friday. Thanks. I wanna know what it is Quick is trying to say.